What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Show About Sports. I'm your host, Griffin Brock. Shout out to all of you for listening and also following along on threads if you haven't already. Threads, Griffin underscore Proc. That's where you can follow me for all my quick hitting hot takes and everything else in between in the sports world. Plus, then when I announce these shows, make sure you're subscribed. You like the channel. When I say channel, I mean the podcast, but I've been watching too much YouTube, so I said channel. Also, if you haven't, leave a rating on this podcast because it really supports it on whatever platform you listen to, and I appreciate all the support. Today, though, what you really care about is what the topic is. You saw the title, you saw the description, and you're excited because we not only have my brother coming back for another great, funny conversation on all things NFL, but we also have my wife, Madeline, joining. And we're going to be going over the pop cultural sensational news of the weekend of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey dating romance in the nfl and romance in the air this fall so we're going to cover that plus then we're going to go into our goat woat and battle of the mid matchups this week as i'm calling it look forward to week four in general plus then you know reviewing some tape talking about our power rankings and let me tell you logan and i have some different opinions on our power rankings and you'll see that later on the episode and to wrap it up for all my fantasy football lovers out there we have the starts and sits for week four to make sure that your team wins this week. If you're if you're keeping track of score, my team's two and one. Logan is one and two. We're in different leagues, but I think that still notes something there. So when you decide who to listen to when we get to that portion, just just remember that. And he doesn't know that I'm saying this. We've already recorded everything. So I'm not gonna spoil anything else. Sit back, get ready, and enjoy the rest of the pod. And cheers. What is up, everyone? And as you heard from the intro, we got my brother Logan on the call today to go over a couple segments that we have. I know I talked about how I wanted to build out some more segments. In this episode, we do have some. And the best episode so far was with my brother Logan previously. And we even have a bonus guest today, and my wife, Madeline, who will be joining us for the first topic, which you can all guess what she'll be joining for to talk about here. But welcome in, everyone. Logan, how's it going? I'm living. Not much I can uh, complain about. Yeah. Happy to be here. Yeah, we hope that he can figure out his mic this time so he's not breathing the whole time. He heard he developed uh, a skill of finding the mute button, so we're going to figure out if that works well for him. And then, Madeline, welcome to the show about sports. My chief editing officer, how's it going? Couldn't be better, Griffin. <laughs> okay, Anchorman style. I love it. I love it. Stay classy, San Diego. That's what I always say. But, okay, let's kick it off. Enough of the intro stuff. Obviously, the big headline news of this week in football, unfortunately, isn't the play on the field. It's the play off the field. And that play is by Travis Kelsey uh, making his moves on Taylor Swift. So I don't even know where to begin here. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Does anybody here kind of have their initial thoughts that they want to give? I mean, obviously, three words. I love it. I love it. I don't know anything about Travis Kelsey. Don't know his number. Um, Don't know what position he plays. Literally don't know anything, but I know he's taller than Taylor Swift. I know his mustache is hot. And so I think that it's a match made in heaven. Wow. So we covered a lot of topics there. We really got into the head of the woman here on this one. But uh, the mustache, I guess, is back. Miles Teller had it for a while. And then Travis Kelsey brings it back. Unfortunately, I'm not as big of a fan as Travis Kelsey's mustache. I liked his beard look, but that's just who cares what I think on that front. But also, I tried to explain to Madeline yesterday what a tight end was, and it just boiled down to it's a big wide receiver is <laughs> essentially how we got to it. So, Logan, how are you feeling about this news, uh, breaking news in the NFL, I should say? I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, 
Travis Kelsey is one of those people that it's hard to not like him. I think he's just like a great dude on and off the field. He obviously has that podcast with his brother that's super interesting. Um, and I think this just adds another layer to his likeness of dating one of the most popular people in pop culture today. I think his mustache is cool. Uh, I think, I mean, some people weren't a fan of it when I saw online discourse talking about his mustache. But hey, I think it looks pretty swag. Not going to lie. I wish I could you know, grow mustaches like that. I don't have the <laughs> genetics to do it, unfortunately. But I think Travis Kelsey's good. I think it's not only good for the Chiefs, but it's also good for the game of football. It's getting a lot of people more interested in it. The memes that come out of it are hilarious. Like I think I saw uh I think I saw it was like Taylor Swift fans are on uh, Wikipedia searching information about Travis Kelsey and tight ends. This means that they're two clicks yeah. away from learning about Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, I sent That's, you that. It's, I sent you yeah, that. it's pretty interesting uh, to see people become more fans because, you know, uh, football is predominantly like a male watch sport. And I totally. think that it's great for sports in general for more women to, you know, be involved and be more interested in it. So yeah. I don't see any negatives about it. I just hope that uh that the next album Taylor Swift makes isn't all about the breakup that Travis Kelsey was responsible yeah. for. See, that's the problem though. There is negatives. And the negatives is Travis Kelsey's not only football career, but his life career. He now has to marry and not only marry, stay together with Taylor Swift forever to avoid any scrutiny. He is he's in the he's in the Thunderdome now. And I just worry because we've seen NFL careers get derailed by a multitude of other things. <laughs> and let me just say, Taylor Swift breakup might as well end it because I'm afraid of the Swifties going to the game, paying all of that money just to yell slander at him on the sideline. But think of how much money that will make for the NFL. They're like, bring it on. Let the Swifties buy the tickets, you know? But also, wait, can we swear on this? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, he... He doesn't need to do it. He just needs to not be a total dick, which it seems like he's not. You know, he seems really nice. That I don't really know anything else about him, but I just think it's cute. And I think the memes are so funny. I think the content coming out of this is gold, absolute gold. I mean, damn, people are really creative. Like the the stuff I've seen on the internet is so funny, but I think it's cute. I think it's wholesome. I think athletes are like – usually i don't know maybe this i think they're usually good people right they have like really good discipline well yeah see i don't like but the good athletes are good people right they like have yeah. they just put that shit on and then they just get back to work you know yeah, well, they're like, like disciplined well, that's a bad example no like a hundred percent if the cte doesn't get to them they're usually really good people and i think travis kelsey is the cream of the crop when it comes to that, again, we don't know a ton about Travis Kelsey, the human, but we're about to because TMZ is going to be all over him. Yeah. E-Rundown's going to be all over them, et cetera. Yeah. And you know what else, though? Taylor Swift does have, like, a blueprint. She does have, like, a type. And this is so not that. And so, like, I don't want to say right now it could be the one, but I'm just saying he's so different from all of her, like, her ex. Okay, I'm not saying that he is the one, but I'm saying... I'm like very fascinated to see her in this kind of relationship. Give me a minute here. I'm just really fascinated to see her in this kind of relationship because he's just a very different kind of person. Like maybe they will have a different kind of relationship. You know, her last boyfriend, Joe, her last boyfriend, Joe was like a hermit and like not like 
He just was not familiar with being in the spotlight, and ultimately that's what broke them up. So Travis Kelsey like knows what it is like to be in the spotlight. He's a mega famous athlete, and I just think it's wholesome, and I love it so far. Love it. Yeah, Logan, anything to add to that? Who's Joe, by the way? Mel? Joe Alwyn. Joe Alwyn. I don't oh. see. I couldn't even tell you who he is. Like I don't know who he is. He's yeah. just Taylor Swift's ex-boyfriend. Well, that's why he got. He's he's got terminated. He got. <laughs> well, he, people know him as Taylor's ex-boyfriend. Yeah, totally. Logan, any anything to add to this? Yeah, Joe, she's already picked out engagement rings uh, or Travis, <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, according yeah. to Madeline. So. Yeah, Maddie knows uh, Taylor by first name basis, so we can't really argue about that. But I will say from a sports fan's perspective, if Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey do not work out, I would not draft him after Taylor Swift releases her album uh, detailing their breakup because, like you said, there will be uh, large masses of Taylor Swift fans going to those games to tell him how he did Taylor Swift (laughs) dirty. So definitely avoid drafting... uh, Travis Kelsey if that relationship doesn't work out yeah and this honestly could be everyone keeps talking about the tight end position you know it has a a life lifespan like the running back position is because it's usually a bigger block they block a lot more they catch uh, you know they're they're bigger guys they can't hold up as well as kind of the more agile guys so maybe this is his retirement plan he's just like he's just finishing out a season strong you know getting another Super Bowl maybe this year and then he's like hey I mean now I can date, you know, I got to start dating. I got to start settling down and he just, he's timing it perfectly. You never know with uh, stuff like this, but I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm afraid of what will happen if things go bad, but excited. Well, yeah. Also the last thing is I do hope it's real. Do you know what I'm saying? I hope that it's not a publicity stunt. I hope that it's not like, I don't know. It's, it's weird timing or maybe it's perfect timing that like the heiress tour was in all of the massive NFL stadiums and now she's dating an NFL player. So I just hope this is real. But like when she was with his mom in the box, you're like, okay, like that's probably real. So I just hope it's real. I hope this is like a real thing and not like putting two America sweethearts together, you know? Yeah. I saw the, one of the funniest things on Twitter I saw was, uh, it was, Taylor Swift cleaning up the plates after the game and they're like, that is a pro move. She is very serious about this relationship. Like she's going for mom's approval by like helping out. And uh, I mean, I think Travis Kelsey is one of those great dudes. Uh, I don't think his life is as hidden as, as you're saying it to be Griff. I think him and his brother talk a lot and you could tell that he's, although he's like that younger kind of more wild brother, like he's like the Logan and the Griffin relationship, you know, like he's the cool one, but uh he does care a lot about his family, it seems like. And oh, totally. I, I consider him to be a really good guy. And uh, a lot of NFL players have this, you know, a big ego and a lot yep. of, like, confidence, which I think is good to have. It makes the game more entertaining. But he seems like a really down-to-earth guy. Like, uh, trying to think of some other names on the top of my head. But he's, like, someone that you would love to, you know, play. Well, yeah, him and Mahomes with. as a combo. Like him, Mahomes, yeah. you know, Chris Jones on the team seems like Andy Reid seems like a great guy. I am not knocking Travis Kelsey at all. I believe he is a great guy as well. I'm more coming from the perspective that I'm worried for him. <laughs> I don't want yeah. anything to happen to him because he is such a good guy. But we've seen some good things that I'm learning from some of Taylor's exes that they make it out alive, but not all of them. So as long as he doesn't burn the house down, I think he'll be all right. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, interesting. he can uh, he can always listen to the show about sports uh, podcasts yeah. and get dating advice because we're now 
breaching into the dating advice territory. So oh, yeah. I'll make sure to get the caller daddy group onto the next episode and we'll talk more in depth about Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about a lot of things. If we get that crew on the, on the podcast, let alone the, the brothers podcast out there, Madeline, is there any last bits you want to add here? Cause I already know the sports listeners are like, oh, where's the power rankings? Where's the fantasy football stuff? So yeah. anything else you want to add? Just that I really think Taylor Swift is in the power rankings this week. She dominated that football game. So I'm really proud of her as always. She is infiltrating every single possible group of people. We love her. And I love you guys. <laughs> yeah. Also, if any, if any gals are listening to this podcast, just know that if I have Taylor Swift on my phone, it's only Taylor's version, by the way. Just want to put it out there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's my, that's maybe one of the funniest memes I've seen is the NFL Twitter changed it to NFL Taylor's version. That is so funny. That is so funny. And I think a lot of people like my myself included gave her the stamp of approval as like a football fan when the first highlight we see is her just yelling let's fucking go when he <laughs> scores like genuinely reacting yeah, that was awesome was a proud girlfriend yeah. she that looks good on her like yeah. the football girlfriend that looks it's a good look yeah so there might be other girlfriends or even wives in that building that you know are up for up for <laughs> debate so we'll we'll see if they hang true for any of the listeners that can piece that together but that wraps up our first segment today. Madeline, thank you for jumping on. Logan, we'll continue right after this with uh, segment two. Yay. <laughs> you see, no outros. That's how it is. All right, talk in a minute. All right, welcome back, everyone. Segment two is upon us. And this segment I like to call the GOAT matchup of the week, the WOAT matchup of the week, and the battle of the mid. We're essentially going to be breaking down the upcoming week four games here and kind of giving our uh, nod of approval to the goat battles, our lack of a uh, love for the woe battles. And then, you know, the just classic middle tier battle that just doesn't matter, but will be interesting to watch. So let's start out with uh, Logan. I don't know if you have different ones than me, so definitely jump in, but I assume we're on similar pages here with at least the goat and the woe battle. So in the goat battle this week, I put the dolphins versus the bills. That is, that's going to be, the best matchup to watch in week four for multiple reasons. I mean, Tua and uh, the Dolphins came off of putting up a record setting 70 points and the most yards in NFL history in a game. The Bills bounced back and clobbered the commanders for my awful pick, thinking that that was going to be the commander's next step because the, the Bills have seen off and on. And Josh Allen didn't look amazing, but I mean, they put up 37 points and their defense was incredible. So... Do you have any different opinions on the GOAT battle of the week or just this game in general? Oh, 100% I have a different opinion on it. I oh. think that the the Chiefs and Dolphins is definitely a really big game. You have two of the most high-powered offenses going against each other. But if you really think about storylines, I think that the greatest matchup of this week comes down to the Lions versus the Packers. Oh. Although the Packers are not the best team and they aren't the team that they were before, I think that this is a really transitional game that would potentially change their division and showing that the Lions are going to be the front runners and the one that is going to be the best team. Uh, when you think about it, the, the Packers have really been the big brother to the Lions for I don't know how many years. You've seen the Sam, uh, the uh, Matt Stafford era of the Lions could never get it done against the Packers. And as soon as Aaron Rodgers leaves, 
you know, this is their opportunity to say, hey, you know, we are a legit contender. They dropped a game to the Seahawks, and I'm obviously biased because I, I think the Seahawks are a really good team this year. But if that game was one possession difference, they would be 3-0, and and we would be looking at the Lions as they are legit. But I still think because they lost to the Seahawks, they haven't proven themselves fully yet. They beat the Chiefs, which is a which was a great win. And from there, you know, they just need to continue with the the momentum they got. So are you worried at all that Jordan Love is looking good but struggled against the Saints to pull off that win last week though? The Lions took care of business against the Falcons, but I don't know. Jordan Love did have a lot of injuries on his team, so he kind of had to do it himself, which honestly might be the more appropriate thing to be talking about. But in terms of, yes, I think this is a great GOAT battle of the week because these whoever wins will be at the head of that division. So, yeah, what are your thoughts kind of on Jordan Love's progression so far throughout the year? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a little bit difficult uh, to talk about like a GOAT matchup with there only being three games this year because... Uh, we have two divisional games that we're talking about for the Dolphins and the Bills and the Packers and the Lions. The records aren't going to be too skewed to a certain direction because they've only played three games. But for Jordan Love, I think he's been playing great. I'd love to see a young quarterback succeed in the NFL. A lot of times, you know, you see college highlights and Jordan Love has been in the back end of Aaron Rodgers uh, for so long and seeing him get this opportunity is great. I think he's been playing. He's been playing all right from a fantasy perspective. He's been putting up great points. Uh, I think football games are really difficult. If you watch them, you could watch one one first quarter, one fourth quarter, and see night and day between a uh, quarterback's progression. So if you really think about it from the long term of how those games have been going, he's gotten the job done when he needed to. And I think you know this is his first year being the de facto starter for the Packers. So I think that. This is his major hurdle. And if he's able to get over this, then he's going to be proven to be the potentially the Packers' future, which I'm not a big Packers fan, but speaking for a Packers fan, that is super big. They are a quarterback team, and without that heart, I don't know how it's going to be doing in uh, Green Bay. Yeah, I completely agree with all those sentiments there. It'll be a great battle. It could be a shootout. You know, The Packers do have the better defense, I would say at the end of the day, but it's nothing, it, there's not too big of a difference. So I'm excited. I mean, that's a good go battle, but I mean, to go back to the Dolphins and the Bills, these are two teams, we think about the Lions and the Packers and we think best case, first round win in the playoffs, but with the Bills and the Dolphins, it's kind of looking AFC Championship slash Super Bowl or bust. That's why I say go battle because we could see these two in the AFC championship against each other, just like we saw them last year in the playoffs against each other, even though it was kind of a throwaway with everyone being hurt on the Dolphins. And might I remind you that last week they put up 70 points without Jalen Waddle. Like that was all Tyreek. That was all their four different running backs. Moser, shout out for you, man. Glad to have you on my fantasy team this year. Number one running back in the league, CMC move over. But it's just, I think this will have more implications on the whole season due to how good these teams are supposed to be and how big the storylines are where a lot of things. So the head coach of the Bills, if they don't make it, might have to move on from Sean McDermott. The Dolphins, do they pay Tua or no because of his health injury risks? You know, there's a lot of storylines at play here. And I think narratives are going to change about these teams if the Dolphins are then not 3-0 and they're 3-1. and And if the Bills are 2-2, and you know, there's going to be a lot of question marks across the board. So any final yeah. thoughts on kind of the Bills versus Dolphins? 
Yeah, I guess the way that I looked at the question was, you know, how definitive and important this game is. So from the storyline standpoint, I think the Lions and the Packers is just such a huge game. But I think regardless of the outcome of this Dolphins-Bills game, both of those teams are going to be potential threats in the playoffs. So I think it's going to be one of those... one of those games where, you know, the Bills lose and they're still going to end the season in either second place or a wild card, you know, they're going to end up being fine. I think they have too much firepower on their team not to make the playoffs and not to make a run. It's just really hard being in the the American Football Conference with uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, him being yeah. the, the super villain of that conference. So yeah. I think regardless of the outcome, it's going to be fine. Uh, I do think that the Dolphins coming off of a 70-point game is – tremendous momentum i think it's incredibly uh i think the the reason they won is highly due to their head coaching i think that he's just he's coming up with the most absurd plays when you're watching this game it made you feel like how you felt in elementary school when you would come back in from recess and you had eight touchdowns 20 sacks like 10 flea ficker hail marys for totally. 3000 yards like it felt like they were playing school ball schoolyard football which i think the bills as an organization aren't used to playing like that as no one would so yeah. i think this game is in my book it's already defined that it's going to be a dolphins win oh, but i think that down the line the teams are going to start to catch on to uh the dolphins play style and their um just their their strategy. I think I was watching a, a video the other day about uh, the wide receiver cores of the Dolphins. They have they don't have a huge like Calvin Johnson, DK Metcalf, big wide receiver out there. They have speedy dudes that can go find open space, and it is a problem for almost every defense in the NFL, regardless how good the Bills' defense is. If Tyree kills not open, guess what? The two running backs are either open. Waddles, but he's going to be running around. They are a fast team. It reminds me a lot about how the Oregon Ducks were with Chip Kelly. They were yeah. way faster than everybody, but eventually teams are going to catch on to it and learn how to play defense. But I think oh. it's great for the game. I think that these teams just can't compete right now against the Dolphins until someone finds the kryptonite. So when you said you were doing some studying, did you ever watch Ryan Rosillo's breakdown of the Dolphins game? Because that Oregon Duck comment is what something that he called out to. And I was like, that's kind of genius. Like, I didn't think about it that way. And just to go into more schematic football talk, even though I don't have a tremendous background in this, essentially what it is that Mike McDaniel is doing so differently is the motioning. So you'll see on plays, most wide receivers are stagnant to start running. What they're doing is giving Tyree kill a speed boost across the field and then sprinting up field for a defender on a completely opposite side of the field to then have to account for Tyree kill. And to is able to finally hit people in stride because he's able to sit behind an offensive line that's been proficient enough for him. And they're getting it out fast. They're not doing long developing plays. It's play actions. It's it's fast. Take it from the they don't take it under center very often. It's always out of the shotgun, etc. So I think this game just has a lot because the Bills are the first defense that the uh, Dolphins have to play. I mean, they they had a shootout with the Chargers who aren't very good. They had um, a shootout with uh, not a shootout, but a domination of the Broncos who weren't very good. So I just think. When we're going to look back on this game, it's going to have a lot of implications into later of the year when we're talking about good de- good defenses versus good offenses, et cetera. But 
that's the go battle. I like your go battle of the week as well. I, I'm definitely going to stay tuned on that battle as well. But now we need to talk about the woe battle of the week. And I will be surprised if you have a different woe battle of the week because I think this is a everyone in the college in the football sphere believes this is the woe battle. But this might be the worst football game we've watched in maybe a decade. The Broncos versus the Bears. Is that your woe battle or did you have somebody else? Look, I'm a really bold individual. You know, I have some really interesting opinions when it comes to football. But that game yeah. I'm gonna be honest. As soon as as soon as it's on on NFL Red Zone or whatever it's on, I forget what day it is. I'm turning it off. I just <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. Like I, and it's not out of disrespect towards the Bears organization or the Broncos organization. If you were to throw it back to our first podcast together, I said that uh, Russell Wilson and the Broncos are going to be pretty decent this year. I think that they're going to click in their strides, but. That oh, that is just not turned out to be the case. I think it's absolutely hilarious that Sean Payton walked into that organization and he said, you know, Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos, he's never seen a more poorly ran football team. And he has yet to make a single positive change to that yeah. team. So exactly. It's, it's under it's just you can't disagree that that game is going to be just memes to oblivion. No, and it's terrible because it's for a lot of reasons. These teams are down bad right now, like across the board, just internally facility wise, but also just on the field. There's been a lot of people that were like, the Bears are going to take this step. They got DJ Moore and Mooney and Justin Fields. That's like dangerous, like watch out NFL. And people were like, Justin Fields are gonna, is going to win the MVP. And that like, Thinking back on people saying that over the summer is just insane. All he can do is run. He just doesn't see the field. He's not, there's a difference between getting sacked and taking a sack. He's taking sacks. He has time. They improved the offensive line. He's just taking sacks by not getting it out or not using his legs. That could be coaching as well, where the coaches are telling him not to use his legs, but it's just bad. And then on the Broncos, I mean, I don't know. It's just nobody, nobody's clicking. Nobody's enjoying it together. And I just think the over-under is like 40 points. And I'm like, nah, 20 each way. No, I, are they even going to get over the 50 against each other? Or is it going to be a pump battle? Like it's good. It feels like it should be snowing at that game. Cause I think that's how it's going to look like they, like teams are only able to run the ball or maybe it's going to be a gunslinging shootout because this is the first time they play bad defenses together. But yeah, it's, for fantasy purposes, I would stay away until we get to my fantasy callouts. I did actually throw one player in there that I think you should start, weirdly enough, in that. But yeah, any other thoughts on the World Battle of the Week? It's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I think the highlight of the game is going to be when Justin Fields has a 40-yard run and they lose by 20. I think that the Broncos are going to pull out this win and Broncos fans are going to overreact about how they're actually back. Um, but I mean... Just, yeah. it's just bad, bad team chemistry. Like I saw, it was some videos of Chase Claypool playing this year, and it just seems like there's just a lifeless organization. It seems like no one is really, you know, doing what they need to win. Everybody's pointing fingers at everybody. It just, I don't know. I think it's a bad time to be a Bears fan, which is unfortunate. Like when I grew up, you know, we had the Bears playing against like Peyton Manning, and they were a good team, and they no, were, you know, pretty weren't. close. That's the they thing. They were in the Super Bowl. We thought they were good, but they had won like since the um I don't even know what the stat is, well, but like they had the kick. 
the whole the whole drama with the kick. With they they've missed, won like they three were... playoff games in like thirty years. Like they haven't, and that might have all been in one season. You know, like Ten years been... ago, they were not that bad. Jay Cutler got it done. Yeah, I think he was only there for like a year too. That's the best part. And then Rex Grossman was decent for a second. Um, yeah, when Devin Hester was single handedly getting them points, yeah, they were all right. And Brian Erlacher was just that was about to say they were in a Super Bowl. I remember watching yeah. the Super Bowl between Peyton Manning and the and the Bears, and it was yeah, I was like the Bears are legit, and I like the Bears being a good team. I need some uh, variety when it comes to the NFL. I'm totally. tired of seeing the same teams. I love like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey as people, but man, I am so tired of seeing the Chiefs just run everybody. I need some diversity. I need you know the Bears. I need the Dolphins. I need the Lions. I need uh, the Commanders to do the well. Seahawks. I need just the well. I mean. I would prefer the Seahawks to be the next Patriots, but hey, that's just a biased yeah. Seahawks fan talking. Yeah. Well, that kind of goes, that's a good segue into the battle of the mid this week is what I'm calling it. And everyone that understands meme culture, essentially mid is just mid, you know, it's, it's self-explanatory. And so when I say the two the two teams in this matchup, this it'll make a lot more sense to the people that aren't into the meme culture. But my battle of the mid pick this week is the 0-3 Vikings versus the 0-3 Panthers. Now, you might be saying they could have been in contention for the Wote Battle of the Week, but there's nobody even near 0-3 like the Bears and the Broncos. These two teams shouldn't be 0-3. They have Kirk Cousins. They have good draft picks. They were good last year, but they they overperformed last year, I would say, but they shouldn't be 0-3 right now. So I have them as the woke, not the woke, the battle of the mid this week. What are your thoughts uh, on the slate this weekend? Yeah, I think that uh, I think that that's an easy scapegoat to say that that's the battle of the mid. I I consider those teams as the battle of the misunderstood. I think that the both the Panthers and the Vikings are decent football teams. I think that they're above the level of mid. Um, you know, we went to the Seahawks Panthers game this weekend and the Panthers look like they could still play. And mm-hmm. the Vikings, I mean, you've heard what I said on the previous podcast, they're going to be the king of the north. I'm still big on them. Whoa. I think that they they just need to get their get their act together. They're still putting up great points. It's just what's happening on defense. They just can't seem to get it done on the other end of the field. (laughs) Yes. Well, first of all, side story. I almost (laughs) lost this week in fantasy football because Keenan Allen decided to play quarterback. But (laughs) that's actually a great transition into my battle of the mid. The Raiders versus the Chargers. I am still not big on Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Call me a hater. Call me uh, just just unconscious bias. Like I'm just, just stuck in my ways on the chargers, but I think that is the most average football team out there. They're going to win games. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say that the, the chargers aren't going to, you know, potentially slot in a wild card position or something like that, but they are just so criminally average. You see that team had a good week. Think about the last few weeks. That team yeah. is just constantly losing games. And when you think of a team like the Raiders, they're average as it gets. You see Jimmy Jimmy G and all those guys, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, those guys, they're gonna they're gonna put up some points. If you are going to be an honest person and walk up to me and look me in the eyes and say that you don't think the Raiders are gonna beat the Chargers, you don't know ball. And I will go on air, which I am, saying that I believe yeah. that the Chargers aren't gonna win the battle of the mid next week. 
I love that. I'm not against that pick. Definitely because the Chargers have only beaten my battle of the mid team, the Vikings in a shootout and have lost to the Titans who looked awful last week and then lost to the the almost one of the best teams in the NFL and the Dolphins, which doesn't look as crazy. But that's where I'm a little bit higher on the Chargers is they can put up points and they almost beat the Dolphins. And our whole narrative on the Dolphins and the Chargers probably would have been different if that game turned out a different outcome because football is so much about momentum. So I like that pick. I definitely think that's a very mid battle. I mean, Jimmy G is the definition of a mid quarterback, but he gets it done like efficiently enough to keep a starting job. And Justin Herbert kind of feels the same way where like he's talented, he's got it, but I don't know why they can't win. Again, it's a lot more than just put it on the quarterback. You got to put it on the defense and the game planning at that point. But I like that call. So you got Raiders over Chargers. I think if the Red Rocket in Andy Dalton plays against the Vikings, they the Panthers win. But if Bryce Young comes back on a bum ankle that's not fully healed, I think the Vikings will win that game. So we'll have to see there. Great battles that we're going to have this week. But then a great segment, uh, segue, I mean, into segment number three. Essentially, now that we have tape breaking down everything, let's go over the power rankings of the top 10 teams in the NFL. So I put together a list. I tweeted it out. Tweeted it. I threaded it out for anyone that follows me there. I've edited edited that list since then after really thinking about it. So let's just start with the top five here. So my top five is in this order. 49ers, Dolphins, Eagles, Chiefs, and Bills. Logan, what do you got? Yeah, uh, pretty similar. I have the 49ers, the Dolphins, but the Chiefs, the Eagles, and the Cowboys for my top five. Oh, how about them Cowboys? How about them boys? So, Shout out Victor. Okay, so we have 49ers and Dolphins the same, but then I have Eagles and you have Chiefs. Why do you have the Chiefs above the Eagles? It's winning culture. They just have been good for a long time. I think that yeah. their first game against the uh, the Lions was a tough one. They easily could have won that game. They weren't ready. They didn't have Travis Kelsey. I think if they blew out the Lions, we wouldn't be having this conversation about who's the best team in the league. So, you know, they have the Taylor Swift buff. I think that they're going to continue to play dominant football. Um, So I just see them being better than the Eagles. When I've been watching the Eagles games, they've been winning. But a lot of times they haven't been looking as strong. If any of those one-yard QB sneaks went wrong for the Eagles, that would be a very different game. But you have absolute mammoths on the O-line that will push through anybody and get that done. But just from just from a fan's perspective, I just – I don't know. I can't put the Eagles there until they consistently win against some better teams. And I know that the Chiefs culture has done that day in and day out. They aren't as high-powered offenses as the Dolphins and the 49ers. I think the 49ers are almost flawless. I don't really yeah. see many thing, anything wrong with them. They've – not a single game this year was like, oh, they almost lost. Like they are consistently good. And the Dolphins are just proving to be that just dark horse, just wild card team that you never know what they're going to pull each day. Uh, not not dark horse, wild card in the sense that they're like a random, like good team coming up, but they're just, they're just random. You just, you just don't know how to play against them. They're just yep. so dynamic. But the Chiefs and the Eagles... Okay. You can switch them, but I would still put the Chiefs up. I'm so sorry. here's how I determined my order, having the Eagles above the Chiefs, is I played the who do they got on the team comparison. Who would you rather have 
essentially. Because I agree with you on the 49ers and the Dolphins. Dolphins defense I'm worried about, so they could fall down this power ranking if they lose because they can't play defense like they didn't in the Chargers game. But, okay, so here's what I did with the Eagles and Chiefs to then come to the determination that I like the Eagles more. So let's go over. So, like, quarterback, who do you want? Mahomes or Jalen Hurts? Obviously Mahomes. Yeah. Running back, who do you want? DeAndre Swift or Pacheco? Pacheco. See, that's where we disagree. I think Swift, Swift no, single-handedly brought them to wins. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally oh, kidding. Okay, okay. No, and I then, just have Pacheco on my team, so I'm going to represent my, uh, my organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, okay, wide receiver core. Who are you choosing, Eagles or Chiefs? Kadarius Tony. <laughs> Over AJ Brown? <laughs> no, no, no. Smith, no, 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 no. Now, well, no. you have to understand that like the, the wide receiver core of the Eagles is better. But Patrick Mahomes and his skill yeah. can make any wide receiver turn into A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. But do you trust Kadarius making a catch, or do you trust A.J. Brown? He had Jalen Hurts has more options to throw to. to. The only person Patrick Mahomes trusts is Travis Kelsey, and that, that has worked. But once we get to the defensive side of the ball, which unit are wait, you wait, 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 wait. Let me rebuttal this real quick. AJ Brown dropped two touchdowns last game. I had him in my fantasy dropped football or, team. Or like a tough, dropped, tough, tough dropped catch. two catches in the end zone. One of them was harder than the other, but he was really upset on himself. It reminds okay. me of a of a young wide receiver finding his place in the NFL, dropping passes. And just because the Chiefs weren't winning that game, he got made fun of a lot. Kadarius Tony, he dropped a lot of balls. I'm not saying he's at the level of AJ Brown, but Anybody can have a bad game. AJ Brown played great in terms of yardage and just production. But when yeah. it came down to those scoring drives, they ended up giving it to Swift. They got it done or doing those one-yard QB sneaks. But AJ Brown is just as much as, you know, as someone that can have a bad game and just drop balls. Yeah. It just it happens. This is the NFL. Anything can happen. And that's the great thing about the Eagles, though, is they can rely on the run game. I'm a big believer in you need true balance in your offense. And I worry that the Chiefs can't do that as much. And when it comes down to it, they don't have a second option like the Slim Reaper and Devontae Smith. I can't name another wide receiver like Valdez Scantling. Is that who we're trusting? Are we trusting Ross, the Dallas new guy? Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard on the Eagles, yes, but I'm talking the yeah. Chiefs here. Like, I don't know oh. who who they got other than Kelsey, you know? Because that's their only... It's Guy Moore, maybe? I mean, he's still... I mean, Kelsey's really all you need, to be honest. It, it has been that way, so I can't really argue it because the Chiefs haven't proven us that they They did that. win a Super Bowl without Tyreek. Exactly. So, okay, so three and four, we got those flipped. Five, you got the Cowboys. Do six, you have the Bills, by chance? No, I have the wow. Lions. Oh, wow. Lions. Okay, so this we, is about to get weird. When we well, you have to think about power rankings, right? You have the Lions as a team that if they can get through the Packers, they are going to win their division. The Bills, they're not defined that they're going to win their division. I think if we think of power rankings, it's how likely are they going to be to make it to the Super Bowl? No, I think no, that that's not a power much ranking. harder route. That's I think, not a power okay, ranking. Even if that's not the power ranking, a power I ranking is who would, would win with the Bills or the Lions? Who would win that game? The Lions would still win that game. Okay, see? Okay. The Lions would that, still win that, that game. I think as soon as they start to realize the gold mine that they have in Jameer Gibbs, they're going to take over. No, because they, they need to keep giving it to Montgomery team. for my fantasy purposes because he can actually run the ball. Jameer Gibbs is too small. you got to catch it like a wide receiver. 
So if you watch the first game that the Lions played against the Chiefs, I've watched all the Lions games. When they <laughs> handed off to Montgomery, this dude moved at a snail's pace. What are you talking about? When, you, when they gave it to Jameer Gibbs, I thought I was watching prime Barry Sanders the way he was, was exploding I, out of the pocket. And they only gave him the ball like five times. Obviously, he's a rookie, you know, train him up, get him to the level that he can, you know, come Super Bowl, he'll be ready to win. But just the Lions are just a a just prideful organization that is just now ready to win. And I think the Bills are on the downslide of the NFL. I think it's now or never, and they haven't proven themselves to win. They lost. They literally lost to the Jets. Yeah. How could you put them above? The Lions. The, who did the Lions lose to? The Seahawks, who put up great numbers and honestly shouldn't have won that game. You look at the Bills, they had no business even losing that game if Aaron Rodgers didn't get hurt. Okay, hold on. We need to go back to your division winners. Who did you pick for the NFC uh, division? Uh, what's that? Uh, the East? Well, who did you pick? I thought you picked the Vikings to win that division, not the, this whole Lion one pride you got going on here. Listen, listen, <laughs> yeah, I, listen, step, listen. I, I still like the Vikings. The 0-3 Vikings. <laughs> but my pride will not break statistics, and the Lions are looking like they're going to win that. But I'm still saying I'm big on the Vikings. I still think they're legit. Okay, so we have a so the Lions and the Packers. I don't even have in my top ten, so I'm I'm intrigued to hear your next five. So here's my next five, just so we can understand. What's all going on? So Cowboys number six for me, Ravens seven, Browns eight, Seahawks nine, and Falcons ten. What are your six through ten? Okay, so I got the Lions at six, the Bills at seven, the Ravens at eight, the the Seahawks at nine, and in tenth, I have the Vikings. (laughs) Stop. I don't think you know how power rankings work. I still <laughs> An think, 0-3 team is in the top I 10. I still think that this team is legit. You can call me crazy. We're going to be having I'm a conversation in the playoffs when the Vikings make it to the conference championship. Stop they it. are still legit. They've lost in unforeseen circumstances. They what are, are going to about? turn it on. I still would pick them over winning against the other 20 teams in the NFL. The other 30 at that point. Okay, so we need to travel back in time to review uh, the Vikings season so far. So hold on a second. We have the Vikings in week one. Did they even play? Oh, yeah, they lost to the Buccaneers. Uh, hey, that was a good they've start. been proven. They, they, like I said in my, in, my, uh, in my earlier podcast, they they're all right. They're all right. You're we right. You're right. Baker Mayfield and the Bucs to be as good as they are. They overlooked right. it. That happens. Well, they had a chance to then beat an actual good team in the Eagles, but then they got smoked. But the cl- the score looks close because the Eagles were like, let's just rest everyone and let them come back a little bit to like Kirk Cousins. Then week three, let's travel down memory lane. It was so short while ago to get these stats on the Vikings the losing to the Chargers to give them their first win and giving up 28 points along the way and 405 yards to Herbert, who we don't even think is good. So, yes, yes, yes. I need I everyone that's myself. listening to this the to agree Vikings, that no 0 and 3 team should be in a power ranking right now. The Vikings no are a high profile dynamic offense that as soon as their defense gets whipped into shape, they are going to be unbeatable. If you think about uh for instance the Bengals, right? Last year they started out what 0 and 2, I think 
and they ended up proving themselves to be one of the one of the threats. They're over right. three. This isn't game over. There is plenty of more time in the season, and I am just as confident as I was going into the season that the Vikings will turn it around. So I'm glad that you not only think they're going to make the playoffs, but make it deep in the playoffs, let alone maybe even win the Super Bowl with the way you're talking about them. But I hope you understand. 0-2 teams last week, I talked about this, have a 9% chance of making the playoffs. I don't even want to know what 0-3 teams are, but I bet it's less than 2%. And so I just humbly agree. Disagree, actually, with that statement. But let's go back to your other one. You said agree. I got it. I got it. Recorded. So you didn't have the Browns in your top 10. Why was that? Not a fan. Not a fan. I just think they can't get it done. Nick Chubb's out. They're two and one. They're getting it done more than the Vikings are. It doesn't matter. They're playing. Wins don't matter. Wins don't matter. No, wins do not matter when you're the Browns. (laughs) I'm sorry. Like this could be like completely biased about just me not liking the Browns as an organization, but they are just. I just. I'm not big on them. I'm sorry. I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to get it done. He had one good game. Uh, Give him his award right now because that's not going to be the case for the remainder of the season. I'm not against that. I'm not high on their offense, but what I am high on is their record-setting defense right now. They might have the best defense in the league, and defense wins championships was a motto for a reason, and I think in today's NFL, if you have any sort of defense, you can hold teams together and hold yourself in check, and Deshaun has already given us some slight moments of old Deshaun, so I'm not writing it off that by week 10, we're like, whoa, Deshaun's looking top 10 QB in the NFL right now. Not to help carry that offense with Ford now taking over Kareem Hunt coming back, Amari Cooper looking like he's still a wide receiver number one, let alone even though he's a little bit old. So I have to respect their defense because they are two and one based on that. And that's the way that we felt about, you know, the Seahawks early on. There was a lot of Legion of Boom before there was Russell and Doug Baldwin and Marshawn Lynch carrying the way. So defense is where you need to start. So I got them in the in the top ten for that. But we agree. On the Ravens, on the top 10, even though they're embarrassing loss to the Colts. It's embarrassing because people keep writing off Gardner Minshew, but man, that man comes in and wins games. And then uh, the Seahawks, I'm glad you put them in there. I agree with you. They had a tough loss to the Rams. I think that every team in week one, it was a very emotional week one. And so the Rams got us at our lowest. They got us when we were a little too cocky about the season, so I'm glad we have them. But then you had a different team in there as well. I have the Falcons at 10. Who did? Who did you have? The Vikings. The Vikings. Oh, that's right. <laughs> How could you forget that? <laughs> that's right. That's right. I got the Falcons because I think their offense is high powered. I think Desmond Raiders holding it together and their defense is doing enough to keep them, keep them around. And so who do you got on like a borderline? Like if you were to look into next week, who's kind of on your radar to maybe move up and take an easy spot like 10 of the Vikings uh, on your list there? Yeah, I don't see anybody passing the Vikings, but if I had to think of any team that would be on the border, it is whoever the best team of the NFC South proves to be. I think the NFC South is the most boring division. You have the Falcons, the Saints, and the Buccaneers all at 2-1 and when we expected them to not be good. Uh, So whoever continues to prove that they're consistent, they've earned my spot at the 10. I love it. You know who I didn't even put on the borderline that is surprising to a lot of us is the Jaguars. I mean, they're one and two and their only win was against the Colts, who I have on the borderline. The Colts are two and one like they're playing well and beat the Ravens. So they beat the Ravens and held their own with the with the Jaguars. So they're in their own division putting up numbers. So I think the Colts are a borderline Packers lines, obviously the top of that 
Commander Saints Steelers also in question. So, wow. I mean, any other thoughts you want to give? I didn't expect the Vikings, so I don't know what other slander you have for other teams or positive outlooks that you want to present to the to the audience. Yeah, I think if the Packers can beat the Lions, they've proven themselves to be still a legit contender. And I yeah. think the Bengals will sort out their things when they need to to become a borderline top 10 team. Uh, and that's a great thing. Season. Top 10 is not is the whole league. You know, it's got the AFC and NFC. So, yes, in the NFC, Packers and Lions are definitely in that conversation for top three, four in the NFC there when it's wide open. Okay, segment three done. Time to go into segment four. I know a lot of people have been waiting for some fantasy football here. We got two. Well, one really good fantasy football player here to talk to you. And then we got someone who almost started 0-3 um, on the line. You can guess who because he's rooting for the Vikings because he has Kirk Cousins. But um, we're going to do a little start and sit this week where I'm going to go through each position that could be in your lineup. And I'm going to go over some waiver wires slash people that are on your bench. Those like last minute decisions you can't decide in smaller leagues. You Some of these people. But if you're in a league like me, you uh, probably have them in your starting lineup because there's so many. Logan, do you have something to say to that? Yeah, I have something to say about that. Before we dive into the actual helpful advice, uh, Team Barry Dillon is doing just fine. Although we started out 0-2, we are now 2-1. We put up 158 points last week. Uh, and all the other weeks before, we only lost by less than one point. So it's it's really, yeah. it's really, uh, it's, uh, what's the word for it? You're just symbolic. trying to build your credibility. It's symbolic of the Vikings being one of those teams that's had an unforeseen start to their yeah. year that will end up turning it on when they need to. Second of all, uh, just a comment on a lot of the fantasy football influencers out there when it comes to the whole start and stop or how to draft at round four, I mean, uh, pick four and end up winning. A lot of these dudes think that they know everything. And it's really interesting to see. And I think it's funny. A lot of these people will be telling you, you know, you should start so-and-so, which is like the most obvious thing to do. So we should definitely try to avoid that. I've like made the joke all the time about these fancy football influencers being like, you need to start Christian McCaffrey this week. Yeah, I'm going to start Christian McCaffrey or, oh, uh, so-and-so your fourth round pick, you should start him. Even if he's had two bad games, I'm still starting him. I'm still investing in the players that I bought. And if I'm going to go down, it's going to go down with the ship and my confidence in those players initially, at least for the first four or five weeks. I think when you get to week five and you see that DeAndre Hopkins decided to go back to school because of how tired he is with uh, Ryan Tannehill, then you start to throw up the the red flag about, you know, maybe DeAndre Hopkins might be someone that I start benching. But yeah, just a little comment. I think a lot of these fans football influencers are saying some outlandish stuff every so often. Yeah, I completely agree. I know there's a lot of content out there. That's why we try to provide the audience with very thoughtful content and also not to try to make it too complicated. I mean, when it comes down to it, you got to look up matchups. You got to look up momentum. You got to look at who you got. And then, yeah, try to find those diamonds in the rough with the teams you got and play who you have because a lot of these these leagues don't have a ton of waiver wire guys. A lot of the guys I'm talking about on here in my 14-team league are not up for sale, so you have to trade for them. But maybe in your league, if there's only 10 people in it, then these teams are these players are up for sale. So I hopefully you don't get mad at my list after that rant because I think a lot of people will have these players, but they're not the Christian McCaffrey's or the Justin Jefferson's. So let's go over the starts this week. So this is not for clicks. This is not for views. Quarterback. 
Here's who I'm saying that's under the radar that you should start this week. And you're going to laugh, but I think Justin Fields is a start this week. Why I say Justin Fields is a start this week is because he's going up against a team that just gave up 70 points. So the the Broncos are trash. And if he's going to learn how to throw the football, it's got to be this week. And if he can't learn, I hope he takes it amongst himself to say, no, coach, I'm going to run the ball and puts up like 100 yards on the ground, a little Lamar Jackson-style game, 100 in the air, 100 on the ground. So I got him for a start. In that matchup, what do you think, Logan? He's projected, I think, around 20 points for that game. So that's a pretty high projection for the 0-3 Bears. Yeah, as big as I'm not on the Bears as a organization or a team this year, I think Justin Fields is one of those interesting cases where he's a good fantasy player to have on your team. A lot of people were considering drafting him really early because of the season he had last year. Uh, and I think that this season is no different. He's on a bad team, but he's consistently trying his hardest and getting points. You know, he's he's throwing it. He's running it. He's a dual threat QB it's not really much that you can uh, look down upon when you think of a starting QB for fantasy. You know, Lamar Jackson, even if he doesn't have the craziest day, he does a lot that will get you a lot of points. Yeah. And I think that you brought up a good point that he's potentially going to be facing his easiest matchup he will see all season. So I think that although he may have not done as well so far, this is your time to really pump the gas on uh, uh, Justin Fields. A hundred percent. 100% there. I'm glad you agree on that one. One for one on the green there. All right, running back start for the week. I'm bringing out a name that's been on a lot of benches or maybe even on the waiver wire. Mr. Uh, Alvin Kamara is coming back this week. And he gets to go up against the Buccaneers in a divisional matchup. And we know how we feel about the Buccaneers, who do have a decent defense, but the Saints don't have a very fluid offense right now. And I think if Derek Carr can't play with the shoulder, Jameis Winston is not going to be asked to throw the ball a ton. And they're going to have to give it off. Dink and dunks, check downs. Alvin Kamara is your gadget guy. He's projected 14 points versus the Buccaneers, which is high for a running back coming off of zero games played. And they have Jamal Williams, who's probably going to still be hurt. And Tony Jones Jr., Andre Miller, or Kendra Miller as well. They have a lot of backfield guys, but I think Kamara is going to secure his front spot and be utilized a lot. Do you have uh, thoughts on that? I'm not convinced on players that come back from suspension or injury. I think that you need to give them a few more weeks to prove themselves so you can really define them as like a starter or a, a sitter. Um, so to be honest, I'm not fully convinced. If I had Alvin Kamara on my team, I would start him in the premise that, you know, you drafted him for this reason, for him to come back and you start him. But, you know, if, if Jay Boogie is behind the behind the pocket regardless what his coach says he's throwing 40 touchdowns 40 interceptions so you can't really control that guy and i love him for it i think <laughs> james winston is one of the most entertaining players in the league so i don't know i'm not too big on it but at the same time i wouldn't recommend that you don't start uh yeah alvin kamara because i mean if we're looking at the season as we always do running backs are hurt i mean everybody's getting hurt like my all three of my running backs are hurt. I had Jeff Wilson Jr. IR for the Dolphins, so Moser got the start. I had Montgomery hurt. I had Jamal Williams hurt. So I would be loving Kamara right now on my team. And I think there's a lot of people out there that have the Nick Chubbs and the Saquon Barkleys of the world that are like, Kamara needs to lead my team this week. And so that's why I put it out there because he could be on waiver wires for a lot of people that just wanted to hold spots for other guys. So that's my running back start. 
for wide receiver, we're just doing one wide receiver start. I have Michael Pittman Jr., who I've been super down on on the Indianapolis Colts, but he's absolutely redefining himself this year with Richard with Richardson and Minshew. And so they're playing the Rams, kind of not the best secondary, good D-line, but they they can give up a lot of points. He's projected 15, and I think in fantasy football, you ride the momentum, and Pittman's the best they got on the offensive side. So if Gardner plays again, he's going to be diamond up his best guy. That's what he did in college. He's going to continue to do that in the NFL. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, no disagreements there. I think he could be the next T.Y. Hilton, a consistent wide receiver yeah. on your team. Nothing really yeah. bad to say about him. I think that the Colts are a really exciting team to watch this year. I think that if Gardner Minshew continues to prove himself to be a quarterback that wins games when he's put in unforeseen circumstances, it's only a matter of time until an organization decides to give him a full chance. You've had so many different, (laughs) literally the Jets, that could be a good example. I don't see why the Colts would give him up to the Jets, but when a contract ends, you've seen so many organizations ride on some of these quarterbacks like Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, Jay Cutler. um, uh, What's, what's that one guy's name? Uh, Carson Wentz. Some of these people that had heydays, but then just continued to disappoint. And I don't see Gardner Minshew being any worse than those guys at a consistent level once you give him that opportunity. Yeah. No, totally. I'm glad that that turned into a Gardner Minshew, you know, hype up there for sure, because Pittman needs it. That's how he's been consistent. So that's going to be my start for the week. I know if you follow me on threads, I told you not to start him a few weeks ago. And now I take that back after the season that he's had. Yeah, you got to admit yeah. to your mistakes, bro. You we don't all make be mistakes, like the other man. ones. I'm getting out in front of it. But I'm feeling good about this next pick for tight end. A little under the radar guy that if you're plugged into a lot of these fantasy shows that I do listen to and other people, they talked about this guy coming in as a rookie. Luke Musgraves on the Packers. Looking to be kind of Jordan Love's favorite target with everyone hurt, specifically Watson. Dobbs is always a little bit uh, shaken up. A.J. Dillon can't really play catch. And so when Aaron Jones is out, we really look to the tight ends for that. And they're playing the Lions this week, which we already discussed as being a go battle of the week. I think it could be a shootout. And Luke Musgraves is projected nine. And with the tight ends, there's there's the three good ones. There's the Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and then the um, George Kittles. And then there's everyone else. And I think nine points for Luke Musgraves is a good, if you can get nine points out of him, which we've seen on multiple weeks this so far on averages, I think he's a good pickup this week for a team that needs a weapon. And rookies love big tight ends that can just get open five, 10 yards down the field. Any thoughts on Luke? Have you seen any footage on him yet? I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think that uh, those tough matchups that happen, it just reminds me a lot about the Seahawks. Uh, a lot of those crazy games that would happen, you know, Luke Wilson would be the one to step up and, you know, catch some of those big balls. Um, so having a tight end is super important, especially going into a matchup like the Detroit Lions. Uh, you look at the Detroit Lions, you know, you say that they're a really good team. But when it comes to fantasy points, those catches really start to add up. And when you start to depend more on your tight end, you become one of those teams that gets a lot of their value from players like, you know, Travis Kelsey, for instance. Not saying that he is Travis Kelsey, but you get the idea. You're going to you're going to see extreme value. And also, when you think about the tight end uh, position, unless you picked a top three tight end, you should be very happy with nine points. If someone consistently put up nine points as a tight end, I know it looks better when they get double digits. But nine points is solid 
So this is someone that could take you to your your league championship to make sure that you don't have to do one of those outlandish last place punishments that yeah. some fantasy football teams and leagues have. So I think that's a great pickup. Uh, I'd love to see Jordan Love continue to develop as a QB and find his go-to. So if you're picking up on him early, you can see that you know he could turn out to be one of those great tight ends or just reliable ones at the least. Yeah, he's got Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard energy, you know, just that consistent third option on a team, but could also be a first option one game where Dallas Goddard puts up like 31 time, but then puts up a consistent line the rest of the week. So that's what I got for tight end. Definitely watch some footage on him if you haven't uh, on the Packers footage there. But that's a great segue into defense because for defense, I surprisingly picked the Seahawks defense, even though they gave up 27 points to the Panthers, they gave up think the same amount to the Rams and they've given out the same amount to the lions. I think we're finding our stride though. We were at the game. We saw the momentum, the amount of penalties, the turnovers we were able to cause and they're playing the giants and the giants haven't been able to kickstart anything, let alone kick any start anything on prime time. So that's a Monday night game coming up in MetLife, which I think helps this, uh, the giants, but I think the Seahawks energy is way more positive than the giants energy. And if Saquon's out with that ankle still, which I assume he'll be back, they don't really have like much. Darren Waller hasn't proven himself to be anything. Daniel Jones can run, but that's not going to win you games as we saw against San Francisco. So if we're going to play the Seahawks, I picked the Seahawks because I wasn't going to say, you know, the Eagles defense or the Cowboys defense. This is your waiver wire pickup where you're like, okay, I don't have one of those three, but I don't like the matchup that my uh, Titans defense has. So take a take a flyer on the Seahawks. I think would be a good good shot. What do, what do you think? Definitely be careful using your waiver wire uh, pull on a defense. Uh, definitely reconsider if you are dropping your defense to pick up another defense. Uh, I'm one of those people that prioritizes a defense earlier than most. I'm not one of those picket sixth round like some people used to do uh i picked up the eagles defense and they have consistently proven themselves to be super helpful to my team but i I like what you said about the seahawks i think that they are a team that is finding themselves and this last weekend when we went to the game it really started to show that this defense has got some heart and it's only going to continuously get better and the giants are one of those sorry teams that are proven to fold under pressure. You look at that game they had against the Cowboys. It was statistically one of the worst outings any football team has ever had. And I don't see it being that different against a defense like the Seahawks. So I could totally see them getting maybe a forced fumble or two, maybe an interception, holding them to seven points, a solid, uh, solid team to have on your fantasy team. Exactly. Yeah. You're just looking for, if you're picking up a defense waiver wire, you're looking to get between, five to 10 points because the defense can put up zero like that. And so what, and I'm talking this in bigger leagues, obviously like I drafted the 49ers and the Eagles defense in my draft this year, because I wanted to make sure other teams didn't have a good defense. I'm just storing the Eagles on my bench for like this matchup this week that they have versus the 49ers matchup. So when you have deeper leagues, that's kind of what you have to do. I literally draft for a starting lineup. You know, I kind of take away the order philosophy where you're like, I should pick up a bunch of wide receivers. Instead, I just picked up my three guys and they're going to start all year unless something crazy happens. And that's the same with the defense there. So Seahawks, so they're projected seven. If you get seven out of that, that's perfect. I would say for a defensive week, anything around where they start at 10, 
is solid. Takes you into the kicker. The kicker. I don't want to forget the kicker. I mean, it's important. There's a lot of kickers out there. And a lot of people use their waivers on the kickers based on matchups. So I think I found you the best matchup. You'll probably see Jason Sanders, the Miami kicker, on a lot of waiver wires like my own. He is projected 10 versus the Bills. Why I say that is because the Dolphins just put up 70, like we've discussed multiple times. And I think the Bills' defense is a little bit better. So I think they're going to hold him to less and more field goal opportunities. So Jason Sanders' leg is going to get working. In that first game, in that shootout game, he put up around, I think it was 14 against the Chargers. And then last week, he only put up 10 when they put up 70. So... I would start him. I think he's going to hit at least 10, if not more. I have the the Eagles kicker, Jake Elliott, who I was able to get like as a fifth kicker off the board because everyone was like, you know, Chiefs kicker and McPherson because of three years ago. And so what do you think about the Miami kicker this week with it being such a high throttle matchup coming up? Yeah, I think the kicker position is pretty interesting. Uh a lot of people online will complain about kickers being involved in fantasy football. And I think that those people are just not considering what makes a kicker so valuable to your team. And also just how you like to draft a kicker. Uh, you want to draft a kicker on a team that is almost good enough. Either they are a team that scores a lot and they get a lot of extra points, or they are almost good enough at getting down the field and requiring the kicker to put up points. If you look at the Seahawks game that we went to, Myers was absolutely killing it. He had so many great field goals and he was arguably the MVP of that team uh, uh, last week. So when you consider the Miami Dolphins, you have a really high powered offense playing against a good team. That high powered offense isn't going to be reduced to zero. They're going to consistently get down the field. And if they can't get it done at the end, they're still going to be putting up some points in the kicks. So I still, I think that that's a, that's a great pickup. Uh, if he's available, pick him up. I tend to stray over towards uh, kickers that are on great high powered offenses because they have guaranteed uh, stability across the season. I have the chiefs kicker uh, yeah. just because I know that the chiefs are going to score points every game. It's unlikely that they'll have those games where it ends in 14 to zero. So yeah. I could totally see the Miami Dolphins kicker being a good pickup. Definitely sit, uh, start him if you got him. Yeah. That wraps up the starts. Now let's go through the sits. These are the players you do not want to play for various reasons, and we'll go over those. So quarterback, first up. Oh, man, I hate doing Don't say this. Kirk Cousins. No, I didn't. I didn't say Kirk Cousins, all but right, I think right. it's in the same discussion of that type of quarterback. I have sitting Dak Prescott, if you have him, versus the Patriots. Patriots have proven one thing this year. They're good at defense. They always are good at defense, and they always are good at nailing draft picks on defense. So they have this Christian Gonzalez kid from Oregon that's balling out, locking up your best wide receiver like Tyreek Hill and Garrett Wilson for the Jets, and he's going to lock up CeeDee Lamb. And so who's Dak going to throw to? I'm, I'm yet to find somebody else out there that he's going to throw to. And even if they put up points, I think it's going to be run dependent with Tony Pollard. So He's proje- I don't even know what he's projected. I think it's around like 15 to 20 points for Dak Prescott. I think there's better options out there that might be on your waiver wire for random pickups like a Sam Howell or something like that. Um, I know. Oh, wow. You, you have a different opinion, but you like you like the Vikings. So I don't know how I feel. about Sam that. Howell put up 0.6 points last week. Kirk Cousins yeah. in his loss put up almost 25. Yeah, against a good defense. So that proves my point even more. He put up 3.6 points against the Bills defense, who's really good. 
and Dak's not going to, I think, light it up against the Patriots defense at home there. So what are your thoughts on that? Is is there anybody else you're you're thinking that you would sit that's kind of on that borderline start versus sit? For QBs. I don't know. I think that I think that Dak Prescott is in a good situation this year. I think that the Dallas Cowboys are pretty good. I have them, you know, high in my power rankings, at least for the time being. I think that their loss to the Arizona Cardinals was a fluke. I think yeah. that every team has their flukes. You know, the Vikings have had three of them. Um, so I, I totally see <laughs> Dak Prescott having having a decent game. I don't. I'm not big on the Patriots. I know it's a great run organization with Bill Belichick, and they're notorious for having a good defense. But that doesn't mean that they're going to have a good defense every game of the week. So I can totally see that the Cowboys put up an absolute show against them. So I I would you know still consider starting Dak Prescott. Likely, if you picked him, you probably picked him decently. Uh, early-ish maybe uh probably like what sixth round fifth round something like yeah. that uh some of those quarterbacks go so i would continue to use him you know i picked up joe burrow pretty early but he's been benched for the king kirk cousins but uh if i think about quarterbacks that you'd want to sit it's got to be sam Howell, i don't know apparently. No, Sam Howell. I mean, he should not be owned by anybody personally. Yeah, uh, he's probably, not. probably. Let me think. Let me think for a second. You don't have that. Probably. I mean, if you have Jordan Love, sit him this week. For I'm that, gonna it, I'm gonna say if you have on your team Jordan Love and Dak Prescott, give it to the veteran. He will get it done. What if Aaron Jones and Christian Watson are back for Jordan Love? his two main weapons in a high powered game against an injured defense on the Lions side in the secondary specifically where quarterbacks like to throw it. I think that it's important to mention that having a good run game opens up your throw game. If you think about it, obviously if Aaron Jones is good, they're going to have a lot of options. And that means that he'll be able to put up good numbers. And when you look at the Cowboys, you have that dual threat offense. You have Tony Pollard and you have CeeDee Lamb. You have options. So I think that it all comes down to just your experience in the league. And I tend to go for people who have proven themselves. I think Jordan Love is a great fantasy quarterback for those times that he does put up those good numbers, but I think he still is in his first full-time starting season. I do not trust anybody that hasn't proven themselves. You can ask me and my friend Val, who I've been talking to about our fantasy football teams, and he is big on rookies. And those rookies tend to be very, very variable with their points. It is very unfortunate when you see Anthony Richardson put up 20 points and get hurt, or you see Jameer Gibbs show up and then not put up the points. And just, I think... Dak Prescott is a veteran that will consistently put up at least decent points unless he has a random fluke. But I think that those flukes are more, more prevalent with people like uh, Jordan Love. I hear you. I'm glad you put together a hypothetical there. I had Dak last year on my team, so I know the struggles of him always being consistent. Like he'll give you at least 12, but he won't always give you 20 like a Lamar would and and also just a quick shout out to Val. I know he's 0 3. I know he's down right now, but keep your head up, young Buck. I know you'll come around here. Uh you're my guy. So keep it up there in the fantasy world. Yeah. All right. He's had a yeah, he's had a tough one. Uh dude is 
very passionate about his team, and he has some real dogs on his team. But the other dudes on his team just cannot seem to get it done, and I feel bad. And I think that leads us to our next segue of su- yeah. of sitting for running backs. Yeah. Speaking of Val's team, sit Bryce Hall. It is over. I yeah. mean, for Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall, it is yeah. over for Bryce Hall. I had him last year. I was super big on him. I am, you know, good week one. Biggest. I'm the biggest cheerleader for Bryce Hall. I wish that he's doing well putting up great numbers i think that he's one of those defining rookies of our generation but you have a loaded running back class on the jets and he's proven to just not be that guy for this season i see Brees hall being one of those people where he ends up getting traded to another team poses as a james connor to the cardinals or whatever team he's on at the time Has and a just puts up solid numbers <laughs> But right now, Brees Hall is just in a bad situation. And although he seems like a good draft pick uh, at the start of the season, you know, when they started picking up uh, the, the, the good week one. And, and I just I'm just not big on it. I think that the Jets organization is completely lost. I think even if even if uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Zach Wilson isn't throwing the ball very well. If I'm a defense, I say Zach Wilson can't throw the ball. So what are they going to do? They're yeah. going to run it. Brees Hall is going to be just clotheslined on every yeah. single offensive position that he gets, which is unfortunate because I want nothing but the best for that guy. Yeah, 100%. When he was coming out, I thought he was going to be good. I was terrible to see his ACL the other year. I agree on that. And it's funny that you mentioned James Conner because he's my sit for the week as well, mostly due to matchup. I think James Conner has been great. But again, unfortunate situation on the Cardinals, specifically bad team where they're forced to run it a lot more, at least a lot more efficiently than the Jets are currently. But the the Cardinals are going against the 49ers. I mean, you're not doing anything against them this week. So I'm sitting him because he's usually one of those flex guys you have or you're running back too. I'd maybe try somebody else out instead of James Conner. But if you need to, it wouldn't hurt to start him. But yeah, to touch on your Brees Hall thing. It's completely situational. If they could throw the ball at all, Brees Hall would be a lot better, but they can't. So every team is selling out for every play and they're going to stop the run. Him and Dalvin aren't going to have great years anymore because they just can't toss it. So that, and James Conner's got 14 projected against the 49ers. That's high. 14 against the 49ers where they're going to end up having to throw a lot and they can throw. Josh, Josh Dobbs has shown he can throw, but I don't know about 14. So. I think it's uh, an analogy for the Brees Hall situation is when we play Madden against each other, I'm a very dependent Madden player on my four corners or my uh, yeah. corner strike or bench play. If I can't get that done, Lord knows I'm going to be handing off the ball and being smothered because you yeah. know that if I can't get Antonio Brown out on an out route, <laughs> it's kind of over for me. And I see Brees Hall being in one of those situations where – you have great people on your team, but you have a quarterback, Zach Wilson, a.k.a. a Logan playing Madden on the sticks, yeah. not being able to get it done. And it's basically over the moment you stepped on the field. 100%. If B is not open, Logan's taking a sack on the play for sure. But when B's open, <laughs> it's right. It's right. Okay, that's running back. Let's go into wide receiver here. I have, which is so funny because in my threads, I've talked about this player positively and I still think he's positive, but it's just a matchup situation here. I have Zay Flowers, the rookie on the Ravens 
sit him against the Browns this week because the Browns have shown us nothing but great defense. And unfortunately, I think Lamar is going to have to do more on his feet slash get the check down working. And they haven't been using Zay Flowers the way I would use him. All of his routes have been short routes. They're not letting him fly. They're not letting him get upfield. And so unless they're going to do that, they're not going to have a lot of success against the Browns. So I'm going to sit him as a rookie. I know Val's going to start him because he's a rookie, but I would sit him if you have him this week. But if you need to, he is projected 13 points, and I think that's about where he might land, if not lower. Yeah, we need to get Val on one of these podcasts so he can preach the gospel of, yeah. of picking up rookies in fantasy football. I don't know uh, if it's gospel, but yeah. <laughs> it's a... A firmly believed opinion, which is borderline religion. Um, <laughs> but I I kind of agree with you when it comes to that. My my problem right now is, and I'd love to get your opinion on this if we think about sit and start, uh, specifically to my team, I have two people that I'm really okay. considering switching out. I have DeAndre Hopkins in. Uh, the recent news came out that DeAndre Hopkins has decided to go back to school because playing with Ryan Tannehill has been so problematic. He's put up, uh, don't quote me, but he's put up two 10-point games and I think a less than 10-point game last week. Yep. And then you have Jacoby Myers who had uh, one of just an insane games week one yeah. to lead to injury to come back. And he played well last week, but I'm curious if he's somebody that I should really start to consider over an NFL veteran in DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, short answer. That's a great, classic, tough decision. Short answer is I'd go Jacoby Myers. The Raiders brought him in and paid him because the Patriots wouldn't. So I'd start Jacoby Myers because the Raiders have an offense and that offense is predicated around if Devontae Adams isn't open, who are they going to throw to? And if Josh Jacobs have, runs on first, second down, who are they going to throw to? Jacoby Myers is the perfect one-two punch to Devontae Adams, being that he came from the Patriots where he was the number one option. So I would start Jacoby Myers because I had him on my fantasy team last year, speaking of that as well. And I think he's going to get utilized properly on the Raiders. So... Yeah, I would start him over DeAndre because, yeah, I don't trust. The Titans are all run, and when they have to, they pass. And when they yeah. pass, they don't pass very well. And we might not even see Tannehill that much longer, and the rookies that come in might not be as good. So, Yeah, I mean, great. this kind of throws it back to the battle of the mid. They're playing against the 32-ranked pass defense, the Chargers. So we'll have to see how well Jacoby Myers can play against them. Yeah. Uh, cool. As we speak, I've made... A live change to the fantasy football team, Barry Dillon. Jacoby Myers has entered the wide receiver. Well, that's two funny because the Titans beat the Chargers. You know what I mean? They put up big points. So essentially, that's what the Raiders should do as well in this game. So I'm interested to see that. We'll definitely have to follow up on that and see if I was wrong on that. But that is the wide receiver tight end sit. We're bringing up an old name, but a good name here who used to be kind of that like Luke Musgrave now tight end spot but hunter henry on the patriots projected eight points versus the cowboys who also have a top five defense i'm sitting him i just he's one of those guys that you're gonna have on your team that you're like nah i'd rather start luke musgrave an unproven guy versus a guy that he's been around and i don't know if he's even schemed into the playbook enough to to get projected eight points he feels like a three point a game tight end at this point so what are your kind of thoughts on Hunter Henry or just the tight end position as a whole? 
I mean, I personally wouldn't pick up anybody on offense from the Patriots. I think that their time to play is done. Uh, I think any positional offensive threat with Mac Jones under center is just not a good uh, person to have on your fantasy team. I think that football is a lot more of a complex game when it comes to like winning and and uh, power rankings. But when it comes to fantasy football, I just don't see that the Patriots defense being one of those teams that can get it done. I mean, the Patriots offense being one of those teams that can get it done. So, you know, if you got them, try to convince one of your friends that doesn't watch too much fantasy football, uh, <laughs> watch too much football to take the Patriots players off your hands. Yeah, totally. Say they're rookies and you'll get somebody to pick them up real quick there. Yeah, agreed on that. I think that's an easy decision on a sit, but then watch him put up 20 and I'm wrong uh, there. All right, defense. I didn't know you had such a, a boner for this team, but on defense, I had the sit of the Vikings. I don't want any part of their defense against the Panthers. No, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not claiming to be a fan of their defense. I'm claiming to be a fan of their offense. As soon so as they get together, <laughs> then we start to realize their potential in the league. Uh, don't pick up their defense. Sit them if you have them. You probably should have already dropped them by now. But just, just to let you know, when it comes to time, when the playoffs come, the, the Vikings defense is going to be sorted out. Well, that's the thing. I think people look at that as a matchup play. They're playing the Panthers. They're like, oh, and three. I mean, this should be like a solid game. They'll put up projected their no, six points, wrong. but they might put up more. But yes, no. I, and, they're, and they base it off of names. They're like, oh, isn't Harrison Smith still on the team? And they'll be like, that guy was an animal. And they're like, yeah, defense, one guy can't win you a championship. So it's like I'm, Patrick Peterson's on the Steelers. Yeah. You're like, yeah, and he ain't Patrick Peterson anymore. Yeah. So that's an easy sit there. I'm glad you uh, didn't let your personal feelings about the Vikings get in the way there. <laughs> I'm a very reasonable person when it gets down to No, you're you not. To, you just have no, to understand my uh, my moral philosophy no. and my uh, fantasy football prowess. No, Need we're going to... Gonna... You, I've been second place in fantasy football the past five years that I've played. And I've been first. I've been winning. You can shout out my, my league I've nah, won. Nah, nah, Two nah, years. I, I let the crown go last year, and now I'm taking it back this who, year. Rebound. Who wasn't in the league when you won? Who wasn't in the league? Yeah, yeah. Who wasn't in the league when you won? Oh, you. Is that the answer? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I wasn't in the league when he won. So you could, you could try to listen to the propaganda that he's saying from the other end of the mic. But there's a reason that one of the kings of the league was no longer present and someone I else could don't... decide. Someone else could just... just it's... It's completely hogwash what you're saying. I remember when everyone was saying, why would you draft Cam Newton? He's so bad. And then he won MVP and I got second place. It was just great. Multiple things on that. Just false statements all around. You were asked if you wanted to join the league. You said no. And then I went out of my way. I went out of my way. No, 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 no. I, okay. this This is a call to action to fancy football players. You cannot call yourself good at fancy football if you have eight teams. I'm sorry, but if you draft eight separate teams with eight separate philosophies with eight different groups of friends or Definitely. family involved, you are not a fancy football god. You don't it's have a team. One though. person, <laughs> it is that one person that shows up to March Madness and gets to the Elite Eight and they say, oh, my bracket's at 80% statistically it should be if you didn't have a bracket that was that good and you filled out 20 of them odds are you're just 
you shouldn't you shouldn't be filling out a bracket. <laughs> I know you miss out on opportunities. I'm not a part of the family bracket. I'm not a yeah. part of other friends' fancy group chats. Yeah. But the one team that I get and the one league that I'm a part of, I am ride or die with that team, and we are going for second place every year. Yep. See, that was going to be the second caveat. I know you didn't want to join because you have this philosophy of not joining multiple leagues. I tried to join your league. I was looking for a league exemption to get me into your league just so I could kick your ass in fantasy football. We tried. Hey, we tried. Next year, (laughs) there's some people in the league that aren't taking it as seriously as they thought they would. But when it comes to the front runners, the dogs... Team Barry Dillon is someone to yeah. be very scared of every year. Well, I, I hope to play Barry Dillon somewhere with my team. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson, led by Lamar Jackson. <laughs> and so we will see. But sorry for that side story for everyone that wanted a little background there. Great content. To wrap it up, we have the sits for the kickers now. And this goes back to our woke game of the week. Sit the Bears kicker. He's projected eight versus the Broncos. I don't expect this game to go past midfield let alone get within range. (laughs) And the Bears kickers are just historically awful when they need to win a game. So It's ending ending in a a two-to-two tie. It's going to be a double safety (laughs) bout. It's going to be an accidental kneel down on the two-yard line on a kickoff. They then get safety. It's going to be a scoregami of a... a a score that you never even knew That's was what possible. I was saying. It's, it's going to be two to one. I'm pretty sure that uh, if you go for a, what is what is it? For one point, if you go for a two point conversion and you get safetyed, it counts as one point. That's going to happen that game. It's going to be <laughs> the most random score that you've ever seen in your life. It's yeah. going to be four to two. Yeah, four to two. It's going to be, you're going to think it was played on 10 inches of snow, but it was actually a clean, sunny day in wherever it's being played. Well, that wraps it up for the starts and sits for fantasy. And it just wraps it up this episode as a whole. For all those that are still listening, you got a great ending to this episode. So I hope you enjoyed it here. Again, I don't have an outro. So first of all, thank you, Logan, for jumping on. We're definitely having you on monthly. These conversations are awesome and we need to keep them up. I know the yeah, and, uh, first of all, shout out, shout out. Uh, I know we were talking about Val and his his rookie decisions. Shout out that man. Yeah. Incredible person to have in your league. 100%. He has always a super interesting team. That dude last year started out tough at the start, but ended up almost making the playoffs last year. So, hey, he might have something this year. We'll have to see how it hey. develops. And, and also, hey, shout out, shout out Victor and those Cowboys. We'll see if they if they got it this year. So just wanted 100%. to give a few shout outs to my league. No, I, I appreciate the shout outs. I, I will laugh if they have listened this far and are like, oh, my God, I heard the shout out. You'll have to specifically tell them. But yeah, we're starting to develop characters on this podcast, people that you just hear about from our lives. And so, yeah, shout out vv val and vic hope you guys are good and everyone else that listens to this pod really appreciate the support again if you haven't already followed me on threads at griffin underscore proc follow logan as well he doesn't talk about sports as much but give him a follow he posts content don't follow me on threads i don't even (laughs) use that thing (laughs) but yeah thanks logan for coming out here and we'll we'll just end it here and uh everyone have a great rest of your week cheers